this is chilling. What more can I say? Top villain. What up, everybody? This your boy Bill Bellamy, and this is Top Billing, the number one podcast for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. All the people, when you listen in and you tune in, you know we love music. We love breaking artists. We love putting people on that's in this game, that's riding the wave. My special guest today is D Smoke, representing Inglewood, California. You might have seen him make his breakout performance on Rhythm and Flow 2019 on Netflix. And from there, he has not looked back. Track after track after track videos, he's coming, music, the boy is talented. I'm I'm diving in. We tapping in to my crew. Let's make welcome to Top Bell and D Smoke. Hey, we here. Yo, we here. man, Good you are here. so talented, bro. Thank you, brother. Let me let me just take you, let me take you on my Bill Bellamy discovery of D Smoke. First and foremost, obviously, Netflix. That was like, okay, new cat, boom, 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 whatever. Won that, stood out, bam. But then the follow-up, the consistency of your music, every time the message is, is super dope. The energy's right. Where you going with the vibes, you know? You change up, you smooth. You over here, you kind of got a vibe. You, bop, you back over here with the message. I think the culture needs you right now. Hey, you in the right place at the right time. Welcome to Top Billing. Hey, Let's go. Having listen, man, listen. I love your music, bro. I'm like, we need this. I always hear, like, when I watch other podcasts, because I'm always, you know, checking out interviews and things of that nature, substance is what we're lacking um, in, in the music. Mm -hmm. This is not you. No. This is not what we're talking about. You are really amazing with your pen, bro. Like, your pen game is immaculate. Thank you. Wordplay. I'm old school, you know, I guess, in, in this era of hip-hop where I was always a fan of lyrics. For sure. You know, because I feel like lyrics are like music in themselves because the way you put your words together, how you, you slow up, speed up, how you rhyme, you know, all those things that you do very, very well is very nostalgic to me of, you know, Biggie. Like, Biggie was one of those guys that, like, just... Wow. He could just make one word be so melodic Black and ugly as ever, however. Like, like it was just like, uh, uh, uh. Right. So that kind of um cadence, that kind of like ear, you have all of those things. How did you develop that? Because I understand you grew up in a gospel family. Man, I, I certainly did. Yes. So um my roots are in the church. Okay. You know, so when I write rhymes, I'm hearing rhythms. You know, I play drums, I play keys. Okay. And so um like drummers will be the first to tell me to tell me, like, I could tell you play drums. Yeah. How you write, you know what I'm saying? How I play with cadences and, you know. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs that I think, because I didn't put it on an album, I just released it. Okay. Um, I have this song called Smoke With Me. And um, and so that in that song, I play with rhythms in a way that drummers are like, bro, this one is the one. Yeah. And so, um, but I just like... I like to have fun, you know, my my influences in music did exactly that too. And you can tell, you know, that they beyond beyond writing raps, they are students of music. Correct. You know, if you listen to old outcast records, you you have so many live instruments woven throughout those projects, like and voices. And so there's composition happening underneath rap. If you look at Dr. Dre's history, like He's a student of music, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? So everything around what he produces is is 
uh, level up from beat just beat making. You know yeah, what I'm it's saying? Way deeper it's than way just beat bigger, making. You know, and if I've worked with Dre, and so being in with Dre is like to have those musicians in the room and, and everyone at his disposal. Um, it changes the process. So for me, as a as a rapper, it's always been about music, like always. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so. You said, uh, you said, you know, before we started filming, you know, you'd hate to be in a cypher with me. Oh, but like, no. I don't, don't want that smoke. I don't bro. even, I, you know, I write, like, one my, my favorite rapper of all times is Andre 3000. And I don't think we've ever seen him in a competitive space like that. And even Nipsey Hussle said, when you put yourself in a competitive mindset, you already, um, you're already measuring yourself by somebody else. So you're, you're, limiting your unique contribution to what music is. So I'm not competitive. The hardest part of rhythm and flow for me was going face to face with somebody because right. it's like, man, I don't want to attack this man. Like but I'm from Inglewood. Smoke, bro. Oh, he had to. I he mean, had to get the work. That's why you smoke, man. Cats got to get that smoke, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm I'm literally traditional hip hop, traditional mm -hmm. old school lyrics. You know, guys getting in the cipher, seeing wordplay. Um, cats clever, right, right. You know what I mean, like clever lyrics where you go like, oh, well, you like, from you from yeah, the East Coast, Jersey. Though, right? Yeah, I'm from Jersey, so I grew right. up in the New York, Jersey. You know, right. I dust the new Yankee every time I get a new one. I gotta pop it on because it feel like I got a new haircut or something when you get a new fitted, right? But um, getting to your music, it's like it's nostalgic for me because it's back to the hip hop. Absolutely. It's back to the messaging of what you want to say, how you illustrating this this love story or this struggle or, you know, you being in a dark place and getting to the light. You know, those kind of messages is what I feel that we need in this culture, in our music, because a lot of times, man, we don't know how to express ourselves. For sure. And I, I feel like, especially black males, I feel, or minority male men, we are able to express ourselves through what we hear. Cause we'll be in the car like, yo, man, that's so me. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. we won't even tell nobody we going through the struggle or what right. we're going through, but we are like, we're hearing in the music. Be like, yo, I think my man wrote that song for me, for me. man. Like, yo, this one got and me that's too. what you do for people. Are you the type that knows you don't have to sacrifice comfort for quality? Someone who lives large in life and in the bedroom. And when it comes to some things, size makes all the difference. Take your pleasure to the next level with the new Magnum Raw Condom, the thinnest Magnum condom with a wider contour shape for added comfort. New Magnum Raw, the thinnest Magnum condom yet. It's specially designed to provide heightened sensitivity and comfort. That's more sensation for you and your partner, providing a more natural feel. Now that's big time. More natural feeling, same premium quality latex to help reduce the risk of pregnancy and STIs. So when you need pleasure and protection in a large size, reach for that unmistakable gold wrapper. Live large and now thinner than ever with new Magnum Raw Condoms, the thinnest Magnum condom available where condoms are sold. Oh, thank you. How did, how did you realize that this is what I want to do with my music? It's not only going to be amazing music, but it's going to be purposeful. Mm. Um, I just know what effect music had on me as a kid, okay. right? Um, like I grew up in a in a 
you know, strict household, mom and dad, sure. both ministers. You are not using so. no foul language. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Hell, no. So, no. you know, my <laughs> uncle, when moms was out on tour and my uncle, who's only six years older than me, when, uh, you know, when, when I was six years old, he put me up on, you know, with so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double, right? But we had to sneak and listen <laughs> yeah. to it, right? So it, you had to put on the gospel and put Snoop behind it, right? <laughs> come on, man. Two pairs of headphones. Hell yeah. And, you know, but no. Um, but but so, so music had a purpose. It always had a purpose, mm -hmm. you know? Even, even in listening to the Snoop and Corrupt, when I did get to high school and they couldn't really uh, monitor what I was listening to, mm -hmm. That's that's when I started catching a bus everywhere throughout LA, okay. and this the music started to explain what I would see, right? So, LA is 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 basically set up on a grid, right? Correct. So, when you're going, almost all the streets either run north and south or east and west. Period. It's not diagonal. The only diagonal street is San Vicente. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, even the freeway. So, in doing so, when you when you live in LA and you're driving through LA, you're driving through hoods, like. Okay, now we in the we in the Hoovers. We keep heading east. Now we in the Brams. Are we? You know what I'm saying? So when I was listening to to Snoop and Corrupt and all that, it was teaching me about gang culture and the mentality of the people that I'm going to school with and all that. Right. Um, when I was a kid, it was giving me a, a strong spiritual foundation to where I knew that I had a purpose. I'm loved. All these things. Mm -hmm. When I was uh when it was Outcast, it was showing me like okay. I don't have to choose between my spiritual side, my intellectual side, and my hood side. So that together. balance, exactly. That balance for me was like, okay, that's where I found my identity. I was the straight A student in Chuck Taylor's mm -hmm. and a hoodie. I was, you know what I'm saying? I was, you know, 1400 on the SAT, right. but going to the boxing gym and putting and, tips. And putting pop, 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 pop. Hands on them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> putting the paws on them. Like, and so, but that was, it was the music that told me that that's not, that's acceptable. You know, mm -hmm. Big Boy and Outkast, like, you know, and, and it's dope. What I always say when I'm talking about them is that um, we have, we have Andre 3000 because we have Big Boy. Yeah. Right. If we look at J. Cole, if we look at it, Kendrick Lamar, they have elements of both. Absolutely. Right. They, they dark and light, but. Big boy took on, big boy took on, I'm street, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Intentionally so that Andre can go straight poetry. Yeah, course, man. You know what I'm saying? Big boy, he'll hit you with the, man, my name Big Boy, Daddy Fat Sacks, a nigga that like them Cadillacs. I stay down with the streets because the streets is where my folks at. Better know that. Some say we pro-black, but we professional. I missed a lot of church, so the music is all confessional. Get off the testicles and the nut sacks. You bust rhymes, we bust gas. Like, he straight down a pipe. Hard line, and then, then after that, that Andre come in, my mind walks to me and meet the Andre Ben, welcome to the lion's den. Original sin, many men comprehend. I extend myself so you go out and tell him. He can be that artistic because, yeah. you know, it's you that have balance. that balance. It's that yang and the yang of it. And, and here's the beauty of, since you brought up Outkast, right? Mm -hmm. I'm on MTV at this time, mm -hmm. and I'm literally introducing Outkast to the world. Dope. And they had no, we had never seen anything like Outkast at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was a moment in music where the South was just producing all these different artists, right? And I just remember going, wow, how are they doing this like hip hop, pop, rock, rocket, little rock, little pop thing with this Southern swag to it, to everybody. 
Because you got to think about songs like, ah, yeah, hush that puss. Everybody go to the back of the bus. Like, no, it, no, it, nobody had ever made no music like this before. No. But the eclectic, the music, back to what you're saying, mm -hmm. under it, the composition of the music, the uh, the cadence, um, like you said earlier, you were saying the drums, all the stuff. That's what I love about our music. There's no ceilings. It's about creativity. And so when I start listening to your music, I got excited. And just when you walked into the studio, I was just like, man, we need you in this game. We right. need artists that are smart, that have a real strong music bloodline. Mm -hmm. And that now it gives you so many things to just sprinkle on your music. Absolutely. It, it makes a beautiful pie. Absolutely. Man, I I want to make music that is necessary. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's enough unnecessary ass music. Right. You know, my 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 former rapping partner, rest in peace, his name was Chiz. Mm -hmm. And so when I got into rap, I more so was focused on producing and writing hooks. And he was the rapper and we was a, a rap duo. Right. And so um, but but he he had a song where he was like, man, I think niggas should hate more. Like, like I think niggas <laughs> should just be like, that shit whack, bro. Right, like, right, right. you know, uh, I think why haters should that? go harder. Like, right, nigga, right. What, why are we hate not harder, cuz? <laughs> Blah, let's do it. Like, right, right. So it's it's um, but but you know, cause I think people have a, a inner um, gauge of what's what's dope or not. Yeah. You know, but then when we when the world kind of leans toward whatever's popular, you don't want to miss out. Like the FOMO age, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to miss this trend. I don't want it to go by me. Then I feel lost in social circles. Then you start accepting stuff that's just trash. You know what I'm saying? So, but you know, I, I think everything has its place. Everything has its place and you know, when our taste develops, right? Um, but then again, you know, it's that balance of being like, all right, what is this doing? You can't, you can't eat fries and ketchup three times a day, seven days a week, because yeah. you're gonna have a, a tummy ache. Yeah, feel me? So, yeah, it's not gonna feed you. No, not at all. So, but this is this is an interesting thing that when I was listening to you, that I wanted to bring it to your point is that quality, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes longer to do quality. For sure. You know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes people go on a trend, like you said earlier, and, and then you pop real fast and then, you know, and then you're not, two summers from now, nobody's talking about you. Right. But if I, I, I look at guys like Kendrick, I look at guys like J. Cole, um, who are authentic artists, who are in their own lane to me, where they didn't switch up on you. Right. They just stay true to who they are. Absolutely. And, and then people come to you. I feel like that's what you are. Like, you are authentically D-Smoke. You bring it from the heart. It comes across in your music in a real way. Like, you touching people through your music. I don't think you have to do anything but do you. For sure. Because if a guy like me who's a fan of music could get you in the first two bars and, like, know what this is... And it's it's like going to a club and every song they play is your song. Smack. That's that's what I feel when I listen to your music. Like, oh, I'm Appreciate good, that. bro. I could take my shoes off and I and can listen to it. this whole and trust the whole album. And that takes time. Like, right. you know, for a guy to compose your music, put everything together, and be able to put something together that I can enjoy as a music lover, to me, it is it's a it's, it's a marriage of the artist. And the fan. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? For sure. And how do you feel now that 
you're buzzing for real, for real, the way you want. How do you, what are you hearing from the fans that they love most about your music? Man, um, what I get a lot, it's a couple co things that people say that I take as a high compliment, right? Okay. Um, people don't always say like, hey man, you're a dope rapper. Mm -hmm. People be like, I love your art. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that they take the time out to understand it as such and have already thought about it, like how they how they um how they frame what it is that I'm doing. Right. And and you know, that means a whole lot to me because it when you call it art, it speaks to the level of thought and intention behind it. You know Correct. what I'm saying? Not all music is art, you know, and so but it all serves a purpose. I turn up to, you know, um, but you know, so that's that's a high compliment, and then and then when people be like, "Hey, bro, you different," you know what I'm saying? So, hey, bro, that's that's a high compliment. So that's that's um, and I I came in it to be different. Mm -hmm. You know, I came into music to stand out. You know, um, you know, Chance the Rapper said something on Rhythm and Flow. He was like, he told another artist, <laughs> he was like, "Bro, if I turned off the beat." And just read your lyrics is still supposed to say something, bro. It's still supposed to at least add up. Not necessarily. It don't have to be preachy, right? But it should, it should add be, up. It you know what I'm up. saying? Like, and so, um, you know, and Jay Z even said he was like, you know, before before rap was with these, uh, no, before crack was with these pills. All I was a real star, complete with real cause. You could come and set up the camera, let the video run, like. The reason I am who I am on camera is because prior to whatever people view as my big break, like um, I had done work that I was proud of. Already. You know, outside of music, like in, in the classroom, in education, I was a director of a outreach program that's, you know, providing educational services and getting kids in college. Similar to like, you know, Cole's story and, and people who have had their feet in the community, yeah. you know, and have respect. True. And, you know, I had applied to a PhD program and like so all kind of things is just like you know my my identity is based isn't based on whether or not this music amounts to what other people view as success absolutely you know what I'm saying well you already in my opinion you're already successful Thank all you're doing is getting people to come to your page sure. because I think that what you've written it's like it's almost like your your artistry is like this amazing novel a story that is amazing that has the twist the turns the journey right and once you read it you're not putting it down for sure you're not putting it down bro it's very very engaging you know what I mean you listen to your work like literally I was <laughs> I was in the I was in the truck I always like to turn my music way up for sure. So I can hear everything. And I'm listening and I'm seeing these dips. Like you say, I didn't realize you were a drummer now that it makes sense mm -hmm. because the way you speed up, slow down, and then you just go into some Spanish and that's hot. Then you come right back, you bilingual. So then I thought you was Dominican. I said, yo, he must be. Yeah. I said, <laughs> he went into his Spanish to fly. Your joint was cool. I said, yo, he got to be Dominican. But then I was like, then he just came right back. Then I was like, yo, he with us. And then he went to Dominican Republic. He came right back. He said, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I speak like Central American Spanish. Right, so right, right. Like, <laughs> I, I studied abroad in Costa Rica. Okay. I, I, um, I majored in Spanish literature, okay. taught Spanish. But he like, I got the like the orphan orphan Spanish because it's like when I'm when I'm around Mexicans they're like oh you sound Salvadorian or you sound a Guatemalan or something. right 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 if I'm around Dominicans they're like you sound Mexican right. you know for me there's nothing better than showcasing my joy 
Our friends at Frito-Lay know that joy is bold, vivacious, and contagious. Joy gives life flavor, rhythm, and vibes. And when joy takes flight, it can't be contained. It is robust, more than a smile or a laugh. It's an infectious experience. So here's to all the creators that inspire us with your creativity and passion. Let's keep filling the world with joy. And make sure you look out for the My Joy campaign, powered by Frito-Lay. This professor I had my last year was like one of the last classes I had to take. What, what school were you at? With? UCLA. At UCLA. I went to UCLA. Yeah. So he was, I think he was mad because, you know, I turned in one version of a of a paper and the paper was, I hadn't finished the reading, so I bullshit a little bit. Right. He called me on it, right? Okay. <laughs> he, he wrote on the first draft rewrite. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, right. damn. He, he was like, you got to rewrite this. So I go in. And I write my ass off, right? I do the reading. I say, I buckle down, I bite down, do the reading, write the paper. It's a 12-page paper. It's immaculate. I know it is when I turn it in. Like, okay. hey, you know, and so I hand it to him. He said, come see me, right? Uh -oh. So he basically was like, who wrote this? I was like, I wrote this, like, you know, and this, he's from Spain. Right, right. So <laughs> the professors, you know, I've been to Spain, and this is love in Spain, but sometimes the 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 Spanish academic community, because you're around a lot of Central American and South American people, there's this air of superiority. And he just had that, like, okay. like uh, you. I've heard you speak Spanish. You speak like the Mexicans, and he's right. like, so this you couldn't have written this. I was like, I was like, yo lo escribí. Yo si usé un, un tesoro, pero yo lo escribí sin ayudo. De, de ninguna persona, right? So I wrote it. Right. Yeah, I used a thesaurus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I might have been in my in my research bag. I went in my bag, but though. I but I wrote it. <laughs> and bro, so he was the only person That's in so my dope. in the history of my Spanish <laughs> education. Well, minus my my high school Spanish teacher, he gave me the only B I got in all of high school. Like, what? I got all and A's. You was hot too. What? Well, you was hot. What? And I was, my thing is, well, he wasn't the only person to give me a B. He was the only person to get away with it staying a B. Because the, the first, uh, my 10th grade year, a couple of teachers didn't know who I was and what I was about. And they was disorganized. And so they gave me a B. And I got on them like, I did not earn a B. Show me how it's supposed to be a B. And Look at the work. And then so they was like, oh, my bad. I just got hey, Right? Because my parents came up like, look at his transcripts. You slipping. Like, he don't get Bs. And they was on him. Right? So then <laughs> the Spanish teacher gave me a B second semester and went to motherfucking Spain for the for the whole summer. So, you so the little deadline, the little... Couldn't get to him. Couldn't get to him. <laughs> and then the, he was yeah, the only... It would have been funny if you would have showed up there. Hey, In look, Madrid. Like, hey. Tú no, tú no me puedes escapar. Yo voy a recibir mi A como lo quiero. But he, um, nah, he, he gave me, and his name is Dr. Decker. He was old, old as heck. Uh -huh. So he may no longer be with us. I don't know, but shout out to Dr. Decker. Mm. Perhaps rest in peace, Dr. Decker. But I hope not. I hope not. I hope but, not. But but what what he did, though, man, he made you step your game up. He did. And, and, and well, he made me not take... Spanish four at Inglewood because he was the only one offering it. Right. I was like, I'm not fucking with you no more. <laughs> but once I got to UCLA, I was I was on it because since I was a kid, you know, growing up in LA, a lot of yes. my friends were like, you know, saying yes. they were just going to Spanish around me, and I'm I'm not one to just be left out and lost. So I'm like, I'm even back then, I was like, I'm about to learn this. Yeah, I want to know what they're saying for sure. But the funny thing, this ever happened to you? When when I speak Spanish to people that are Latin, they speak English. For they sure. never they never. I'll be like, uh, 
I say, boy, it's D. I see you already And they're like, good morning. Like, I'll be right, like, am I, I wrong? Speak. They're like, are they mad at me for trying to speak Spanish? I mean, but I mean, think of it. It's similar to being black and and mm-hmm. and wanting to prove to somebody, or not needing to prove, but just like, you know, when somebody treats you like you just a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, hold on, you don't know. No, like, don't know. like even Eric Badu said, you know. Make a million dollars, make a million more. First class lady treat you like a nigga poor, right? Mm-hmm. So in the same sense, um, they're so accustomed to uh, speaking Spanish to them, meaning that somebody's assumed that they're to help or something. Like right. Hola, me puedes ayudar con eso? Disculpe, necesito más servietas. I need more now. Right? So mm-hmm. they don't they don't expect you to be like, hola, estoy... Uh, Estoy pensando de invertir mi dinero en otro. You know, I'm thinking about investing my money in this and that. You know, right. they don't they don't think that the conversation could, could be go, one of could respect. respect. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. One that's what like I that's what I'm equal playing I'm field. trying to do. Um, and as I'm learning Spanish, like I want to be bilingual. Like I admire that quality mm-hmm. that you're able to just go into it and you know it fluently like that, Absolutely. right? And I think. Even with my kids, I want them to be fluent. But you got to practice. For sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And um, And the thing that I liked about in your raps, though, it the, the rhythm is still the same. Mm-hmm. It's still music. Yeah, I don't I don't rap like Latin rappers. Right. That I know. Right. That I know. It's it's these black raps in Spanish. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's you that getting work. these black raps work in, in Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. So if, sure. if if you were to if you were to look back at yourself, say if you could um be here and you looking at D Smoke and where you are right now, mm-hmm. how do you feel about what you see? I'm proud. Mm-hmm. I'm proud. Um, you know what I'm saying? Very few people can just be like, if it ended today, mm-hmm. what's the legacy? You know what I'm saying? They don't want, you know, and I don't like even speaking like this, but they don't want me to end early because it's a lot of incredible music that I'm leaving. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That legacy, right? I think, like, I'm a huge... Uh, Huge fan of the the man that Nipsey Hussle was. Right? I studied Nip. Come on. You know, I used to work across the street from his shop. Wow. You know, um, I was taught at View Park High School, so um, I've walked to his shop to buy his clothes and this and that and the other. And I'm an Inglewood dude, and I swear, I swear the neighborhoods, I swear they could smell it on you. Like, the look they give you, like... Not from around here. Right, right. But, I, but even in my suit and tie, I'm in teacher attire, but I was getting looked at like... They like, all right, I guess we're gonna give him a pass. He working, right? Right. <laughs> so, but I've took them dangerous little trips across the street in the minute in the heart of the Crenshaw district. Right. And and I was very aware of what he was doing and his whole organization, his how he had hired his homies. They at the desk. You know what I'm saying? He got security in the lot. He got his mixtape. He got the t-shirts and clothes. He got the weed shop down the street. And so um, I'm a huge fan of who he was, how he moved as a general, as a scholar, you know, his own scholar, not necessarily in, you know, schools like me, but... Um, his intelligence like was scholarly. Was, you know was, what I'm saying? I mean, the immaculate. brother was immaculate. Like, Absolutely. I literally had an interview with another artist about Nipsey Hussle, and I, I felt like I felt cheated because I was getting to know him mm-hmm. through his music. You know, I wanted to meet him through his music because I was hearing his music in different pockets when I'm on tour, right? And I'm in a club, and I'm like, yo, who that? they like, yo, that's Nip. Mm-hmm. Oh, boom, 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 that's Nip. I'm like, he was featuring it, then it was his song, and he'd jump on with other cats. For and sure. then, 
literally right after that victory lap came out. Like, so I'm, I'm getting on, I'm like getting on the train and now I'm riding and then victory lap and then whatever. Right. But along that way, he was dropping so much knowledge sure. and he was, he was explaining like life in a way that hip hop could accept it. Absolutely. Like he was speaking to people, not down to people. And I felt like he was a man of the people. Absolutely. That's what I like. I about feel him. like, I feel like Nips, uh, like, Victory Lap was the first of like three or so projects that led us to see exactly how brilliant he was. Yeah. I think his interviews speak a lot more to the mind and the and the human being that he was. Right. Whereas the music still the I think the music was proven that people as brilliant as him come from places as crazy as this. Absolutely. And um I I would venture to say that as the the crazier the environment, the higher the possibility of how genius somebody can be, yeah. because um, privilege never really produced not, not artistic not genius. Mm. You know, no. Ground Zero made more. What is that Ooh. quote? Ground Zero made more superstars than than uh, Silver Spoon ever did. Absolutely. You know, and the the dilemma for a lot of successful people is how do I design challenges for my kids so that they can still learn the values that my environment taught me, right? Because our environment, I don't want my environment, the environment for my kids to be the same as mine, but they, they might well, have to see- let's get them a, lessons though. Oh yeah, they might have to see a boxing gym. Yeah. Too. They might have to see, they might have to go to the park to ball, they, yeah. you know, with- With glass in it. With glass. Like, well, you got to do cross on glass. <laughs> you got to be able to, um, you know, with my son, you know, I'm going to give you an example. You know, I grew up like you, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying, where I was- in and out of different worlds of, you know, adversity, different families. You know, I came from a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a lot of Spanish people there as well, back east. And, you know, I, it was, it was no, it, it was no real sort of like, oh my God, you can get out of here. I just thought that was your world for a second. Mm. Um, but that adversity gave me so many little tools, bro. Like literally, man, I'm, I feel like a, a Swiss army knife. And a lot of times in life, you have to have a tool set sure. to get through certain things. Sure. You need a screwdriver. You need some pliers. You need some wire cutters. You know, there's things that Sometimes you will you need. need. A chainsaw. Come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you need a sledgehammer. Huh? For sure. For real. So that adversity that you and I seem to, you know, really resonate with is 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 not everyone doesn't get it. For sure. And a lot of times we look back and go, oh, man, I can't believe I had to go through that. But then it makes you who you it's are. The training grounds. Yeah. It's the training and all that, the gospel, the adversity, the intelligence, going to school, um, wanting to give back to the community, doing that, leaving your imprint, bam, bam, in all these different circles made you this artist. Absolutely. So I don't even look at you as a rapper to me. I just feel like you are an artist with unlimited talent appreciate that you know what i mean i'm trying to get like you man I, i've been in you know dabbling and acting again yeah you know when i was in uh, high school i acted a lot i was on like uh television a lot like judging amy csi right the district boston public and i did this movie in canada called our america and so um but when i got to college they were sending me out for a lot of disney stuff Oh, they wanted to cute, make and you I cute. And I was like, man, was I'm, like, not, everything was a I'm smile. not booking Hi, none of Hi, guys. That. <laughs> I'm not booking none of that. I'm walking in and I'm seeing the casting directors look at me like, that's not you. Bro. No, no, no. And I'm trying to tell, so 
basically my my workload was so heavy at school that I was like, man, y'all stop sending me on auditions altogether. Cause you don't have time. Period. And then and so I was like, I'm gonna graduate. My manager at the time was like, look, you've booked like eight things in two years. That's massive for that's a it's, great rate of it's work. It's hard to do. It's a great way. You know what I'm saying? They were like, you don't know your trajectory is right for a great career in this. Don't stop now. And I was like, I choose school, right? Because I'm the first. This is something I always saw myself doing. I'm going to do it. And so long story short, short after Rhythm and Flow, Tasha Smith, the actress who got me into. Yeah, yeah we love Tasha. Loved one. You know, that's She's my heart. wonderful person. Incredible human being. So mm-hmm. she hit me like, hey, bro, we're going to get you back home, you know? And lo and behold, she's directing an episode of Mayor of Kingstown yeah. on uh, Paramount+. Plus. And she's like, hey, I think I got something for you. It's this kid named Raphael. He's in the jail. He's got, he's fighting. He, You know what I'm saying? But he got a lot of heart. He shows signs of leadership, but he's the second in command with promise to be first in command. And so she brought me on that one episode. And, and the way, like, Hugh Dillon um, and, and then work, because um, they wrote and you know, directed, created Yellowstone, too, one of the biggest shows on <sighs> television. Oh, man, you I know, love so, Yellowstone. Yeah, so um, the way they work, they're writing as they go. So they're sensitive to who these characters are, what's their energy on. on and they need on an the authentic film. person to bring that to life. For sure. Absolutely. And then, of course, they're leaning heavily into Jeremy Renner, who's incredible. Yes. You know, and so, um, but once I got on set, then they was like, Oh yeah, we got more for this kid. So, bro, ain't nobody turning you down, Man, bro. Let me so, tell you, if they get a little bit, that's why I said earlier in the interview, I was like, yo, if you in the cipher, you gotta put your seatbelt on. Like, like, like I'm saying, like somewhere. you're one of them cats. Like when you, if I play ball, right? Mm-hmm. If you come on the gym and you got your sneakers on your shoulder, like this, tied together. <laughs> Yo, I'm putting my, I got to tie my stuff tight because it's going to be some ankles broken here. It's going to be a dunk because you, you, you like Ja Morant when it comes to <laughs> these lyrics and your passion for your music. Sure. And I use Ja because I feel like Ja's game is so much love for the game. You know what I mean? So and the competitive, raw. so raw. And it's, it's, it's very rare that you see people that have that energy and it's really, it was in Tupac. You know what sure. I mean? Just to give you an example, what I'm talking about, where it's raw passion for what it is they are doing. They're purposeful. Mm-hmm. They love what they're doing, but they want this thing bad, whatever it is. I feel like that's what you have. And it's not like you're you're screaming. You don't have to. Your words, your music scream for you. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about your Thank artistry. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. Did I get it? Appreciate Did he have impact on me? Come on, let me give hey, me a question. Come on, D Smoke. I might have Big to love. I might have to like help you go on a promotional tour for this. Come on, man. Listen. So, yeah, man. So I did seven, mm-hmm. seven uh episodes on season two. Season two. I plan on being back for season three of Let's Eric go. Kingstown. And um, and so that's something that's that's I'm excited about. You know, Great. I got an album that's finished that we're mixing, you know. Um and then, and it, so next year is about me tying it all together, right. right? The album, how does that? I hope to get, you know, they synced one of my songs from my last album on Mary Kingstown. I was getting ready to ask you, we man, had you that gotta get him something to have that in the, on the. Oh, for sure, come on, for sure. We're gonna have a private listening session on, to be like, where this man, work? Where y'all want this at? Come on, ah! it's, it's there. It's there. You know, Parlay, we call that parlaying for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, and then um, I wrote a book as well, you know, and so. Um, Tell us about the book. Tell us the title. Well, first, the title is called Vivid Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So Vivid Isaiah, um, 
it's it's borrowed from my personal life. So if you if you read the book, you will see that Isaiah is a, a fictional version of Daniel Ferris at Inglewood High School, D. Smoke at Inglewood High School. Okay. <laughs> and um, the the basic premise is that um, Isaiah is a kid with a vivid imagination, mm-hmm. and um, he in his own time he's already teetering between what's happening in his mind is so vivid that he, he the lines blur between what what happens in his imagination and what happens in Inglewood. Wow. Um, but on his first day of high school, um, he has an encounter with some gang members on a bus, you know, like, and this is stuff that I remember happening. Like you on the 115, you know, going down <laughs> Manchester. Uh-oh. And the crazy part about, if you know LA, the crazy part about the 115 is, it's the same bus to get all the bloods to and from Inglewood, but all the kids going to Westchester, right? Right. And Westchester somehow it being so far from the six O's, and you know, if you don't know gang, you know, this stuff, you're gonna get a little less. It's so far from that actual neighborhood, but you got a lot of crips at Westchester. So the bloods would get on tripping, right? Get on the bus tripping. And I'm at I'm from Inglewood, so most of the time I would just be like spectating. They see me at the school, so they they walk past me, but they sweating everybody. So in a in Vivid Isaiah, his first day of school. The the bloods get on the bus, sweating everybody, and then there's this homeless man, and uh, they start to humiliate him. They're like, "Oh, he stink!" They pour water all over him, like, "Ugh, take a bath," you know. And then the homeless man's just sitting there taking it, and Isaiah's bothered, like he's like, "This ain't right," mm-hmm. but it's, I'm a ninth grader. What am I gonna say to these dudes? And then uh, one of the little underlings, you know, it's always the leader. Leader gang member and the little, <laughs> the little minions, you know, minions. <laughs> like blood, pour some coke on him, pour some coke on the cokehead, hand him a soda. And I think for Isaiah, that was like, I can't let this it's happen. Too so far. He he steps in and he's like, and I'm probably telling too much, but it's okay. It's all right. He steps in and he's like, uh, hey bro, that's enough. You know? And the the gang leader was like, what? Somebody, you know, and and I've seen this happen in Inglewood too, like, uh, there's a little bit of respect right there that somebody will actually challenge you. So you right. look like, okay. Is that your uncle? But You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like, but I can't let it slide. So right. Isaiah gets humiliated. I ain't going to say how. Right. But because of his bravery, he gets that that homeless man turned out to be a representative from this other realm. You know, and so he gets an invitation to this other world. Um, and so it's he you know, of course, accepts the invitation and the, the rest of the story is him balancing between this this parallel universe and coming back to Inglewood where it's, a, it's real hood. That, you know that's what I'm a movie, bro. Oh, it's... Stop it's, playing. That's like an animation. Going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wrote so, it. Hey, appreciate that. that. So, I mean, what people... A lot of people don't know, like, um, one of the books that I would say changed my life was The Alchemist, right? Um, and I've read it at least... 20 times, at least, right? And the first time I read it was in 2015. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening is that it became that like, that audio book I would just put on to zone out. When I was on Rhythm and Flow, I wasn't in none of the little social circles backstage. They was battle rapping the whole time. I was in my zone, right? in your zone. And so, but what I love about it is that it, it captures so many gems, so many life lessons and pr- principles and and so many quotes and spiritual principles. And um, when I read it, I was like, dang, I can, as an educator, I can appreciate this as somebody that's already pursuing, uh, pursuing my dreams and goals. I can appreciate this. But is this in the language of 
the youngsters that need it the most, right? And so that's the challenge of rap. Yeah. Like, I don't want to preach to the crowd. I could easily just be pure conscious, right? Mm -hmm. But to dig deep and actually actually take somebody that's from a place where they don't believe in themselves, they don't see no hope, and they don't give a fuck, and then take them into a world where it's like, oh, shoot, I see myself in a different light and from another perspective. You got to show a little bit of the part of you that questioned you or fucked up yeah. or or don't care. You know what I'm saying? Because they got to see they that gotta and, see it and feel see it. The, other, the contrast. So um, when I wrote the book, it was like, how can I capture, how can I capture all those same spiritual guiding principles and perspectives while telling the story because it don't feel like it's it's just easy to read. The book reads itself. Wow. Like I don't think I think when people pick it up they won't put it down and they're gonna share it with everybody. It's Come gonna on. take on a life of its own. Come on, man. So Damn, excited you know about what I'm saying? it. You got author, artist, composer, drummer. He said Do, drummer. Yeah, you, I mean, you know, it's <laughs> not around drummers. I ain't a drummer around drummers. I'm right, a drummer right. But you in but, my space. But you can drum. I yours. can drum. And, and I can hold a beat. And let's give I a shout out to your brother, sir, man. Big love. I love seeing you know you guys have your you know obviously your chemistry and stuff, and mm -hmm. you seem to want to work together whenever you can. You yes. know, how did you guys say, yo, man? Let's I know. Let's just do our music together. So. We were signed as early as like 10, 11, and 12. Like we were signed to DreamWorks Records under Gerald Busby, rest in peace. He he also was- uh, Head of, uh, he was the president of Motown at one yes, point. Yes, he was. Yeah, I yep. knew Gerald. And he was instrumental in Boys to Men's career. Oh, yeah. And all. So incredible dude. And um, he believed in us. Like mm -hmm. really, really had our back. And was we were at Randy Gill's house getting voice lessons, Johnny Gill's brother, and mm -hmm. in the studio- um, next door to like Brandy and Ray J in the studio, like yeah. we were being groomed and he got sick and passed. We got dropped and had a normal childhood, thank right. God, you know? God. And so, um, but it's always been the Ferris brothers working on music together. It just took different forms. When I was 13, my uncle dropped off a whole studio setup because he was like, I'm getting all new shit. And so he gave us an MPC what? computer. I'm talking about, he gave us Wait 10 grand worth of shit. Stop. And I promise you, we destroyed it. But it was it was our <laughs> I'm talking about the speakers, we blew them out. <laughs> like like the computer, we were saving all the shit to the computer. So and the computer just crashed. It's like he was trying to teach us, but we learned on that. But we've always it wasn't that everything went out at the same time. We replaced it, this, that, and the other, and we stayed doing it. So um to this day, all three of us can engineer ourselves with whatever you hear on Serge Project, he mixed. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you hear on my project, I recorded my vocals. Wow. Davion, the same thing. So um, it was never like, it's you, then me, now let's get together. It's like, that's how we came up. But when Sir, you know, we just had a long journey. You know, I got I got Yo. on at 33. You know what I'm saying? Sir uh, Sir got on in his late 20s, and we had hard times, like, sleeping on blow-up beds at, at my storefront. Like, I'm upstairs, you on a blow-up bed with, with your wife. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, grinding grinding and stand down yeah. you know and so um when he got signed to TDE he was like uh he I was like bro I looked him in his eyes like look bro this is yours don't feel obligated to put nobody on kick the motherfucking you do you. door open do you I don't need I was in the classroom I knew how to pay my bills you know what I'm saying I'm playing drums at the church Teaching, teaching, and still putting out content and still doing events for local artists, like still working with like Terrace Martin, Robert Glassford, and pulled up to my 
like local stuff, uh, Alex Isley, Kenyon Dix. Uh, so we was in the community yeah. because I'd also, mind you, written songs for other artists. I had an ASCAP award with Jaheem and stuff. So best advice I could give Daryl was like, this is you. And cool. sir is Daryl. And um, and he did exactly that. Like, and even when I did come around, like, is it time? Can I get that feature? He Can I like, get? <laughs> he was like, hey, he yo, was bro, like, Can I get that feature? Though? What's up? You, you know, know, we family. <laughs> he was like, he said, of course you can. Yes. But at this point in time, it's not gonna do nothing for you. Like, and and I didn't understand because from our perspective, you get signed to TDE, you own, 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 own. right? But it's levels to everything. You know, he, he like he showed me <laughs> there was a group text with everybody on there from from Dot to. Asshole, you know, to schoolboy, right. you know, everybody was on there, you know, and he he said, "Hey, y'all, I got this show coming up," you know, because when they first sign him, it's like you gonna, we want you to look independent. We'll support on the back end. Right. We want we want the story to read. Be independent. Sir comes out of nowhere, bust. Then he signs to TDE when you we already signed you. Right, right. So he's doing. He's still doing shows. At very small venues, so he hits dotting them like, "Hey man, I got the show over here at this little venue." On boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, if y'all available, you know y'all pull up. Pull up. These niggas held no punches. Like nigga, what the fuck? I look like pulling up over there. <laughs> like they gave him the little homie treatment. They gave he showed it to me like these niggas clowning right now, right? right, right, right. We're still roommates, <laughs> and so. I so, love these stories. But the beauty of it is, like, yeah. I got to see what it really looked like. Man. Nobody sees that. Nobody sees the actual journey of it. You know, we don't... I, we opened up for Kendrick long before Sir uh, got signed to TDE at Whiskey A Go-Go. When Kendrick wow. was doing shows in front of a thousand people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To us, that was huge because it was packed out. It was bursting at the seams, but it was a thousand. Kendrick performed in front of 60,000 and numbers just crazy. <sighs> like Beyonce brought Dot out. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So, um, so that, sir, getting signed, the better, in, instead of him giving me a feature, the best thing he did was like, Give you the game. Come on, come on tour with me. He took me on tour when he was opening up for Miguel. So I'm talking about we the opening act, carrying the uh, carrying the keyboards. I'm playing keys behind him. Right. I, my dumbass brought an '88 key weighted <laughs> Yamaha Motif ES8, and I'm talking about the heaviest keyboard. And it when you known we, to man, known to man, <laughs> and when you and when you travel that many cities, you have to have a hard case. The case is heavier than the keyboard because yeah. it got the metal all around it. You're probably walking around with, with a hundred, hundred pound, pound one side dumbbell. Like one so, side of your body built more built than the other. Bro, you're carrying this halfway, key. you gotta set it down. Yo, your one, your one shoulder the biggest hell, bro. Nigga, no, you gotta <laughs> set it down, step over that bitch, and grab it on the other side. Halfway to the going backstage, like, oh, and shit. and it was regular. Yes. and I had two keyboards because so, I had one playing one sound, one on the other. 30, 34 cities, pure game. I never tripped on playing my own music, none of that. I was like, it's the Sir Show. We had one argument, one good one too, where I we was, I'm on the road driving a Sprinter van through Texas and he snapped on me, I snapped back. And I was like, fuck it, when we stopped, we all catching head up fades. Right. And <laughs> we left it at that. We didn't end up fighting, but right. it was just like one of those like- It's just road stuff. Bro, road Frustration, stuff. hungry. Other than that, other than that, we was good, and and by the end of it, the people from TDE, TDE staff, um, 
they did ask, like, okay, well, you know, we know who's who in here. Like, let me hear some of your music, Smoke. Oh. And that's when they first heard, like, oh, he going, he going, um, Matt Miller. And I, I like to oh, give it up for him because he... Um, R.I.P. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, not, uh, hold on, Matt. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to look up the name. TDE. But he... um. Yeah, Matt TDE Miller. So yeah, not not uh not Mac Miller. Not Mac Miller, no. Okay. So Matt Miller. Matthew, Matthew as in Matthew. So Matt Miller, he um he's driving. He like smoke, let me hear it. So he was the first person to go to Brandon from TDE, top from TDE, and be like, smoke is hard. And he's doing this thing where he's English and Spanish, it's different, it's tight. So he was my advocate. I went to them, I went to TDE like before I did rhythm and flow, I was like, look, it's the show. I don't know what it's gonna be. Like, and I don't wanna take a risk of them it being a clown show and I'm mixed in with it, you know, because once you sign and show up, you can't get, you can't be like, I want all my footage taken right. out. It's not an option. No. So I was like, if if y'all wanna rock with me, I'm not gonna do the show, you know, like, cause it's it's a gamble, it's a roll of the dice. They was like, man, do the show, see what it's see what it's about, you know. Went on there and Wore their ass out. Nigga. <laughs> I was in pure war mode. But it's like, that show is like, it'll test who you are. Yeah. Like, that's what I like about it. It was dope rappers. Dope. Everybody was backstage, dope. Backstage, they was murderers. I Cats was, was good, bro. Like, like you. And I, I love competition in this regard. It brings out the best. For sure. And the cream will rise to the top. For sure. And you you have every, every adversity. Every obstacle that you've come upon, you rise above that. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the sky's the limit for you. And I'm honored to have you on top billing because that's you are what my show is about. You top billing. Ladies and gentlemen, D smoke in the building. This is how we do. This is how we do. You got to make sure this guy is in your playlist. Love. Make sure you are watching him on Mayor of Kingstown, right? Yep. Make sure you, anything he do, D Smoke, it's official. We are tapped in only on Top Billing, baby. The number one podcast for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. Peace. Holla! Uh, I appreciate it. Bro, we got in. Dog, I appreciate See what I'm saying? Yeah. I appreciate it. That's a great you. interview. Milk is chilling. This is chilling. What more can